podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the TWS Sports Podcast. The question is, is darts really a sport? It was the worst tackle I've ever seen. Fair play to Joe Root, it was a great knock. There's nothing like a good derby match. It was easily the best 7-9 I've ever hit. Right, come on lads, let's crack on. Hello and welcome to the TWS Sports Podcast with me, Adam Millichip. My colleague Nigel isn't with us again this morning, but not to worry as my two trusty co-hosts, Tom and Thomas, are here as always. How are you today, lads? We're doing fine. Good. Tom and Thomas are students at Tetnell Wood School in Wolverhampton. Tetnell Wood School is a school for children and young adults with autism, and we have set up this podcast to provide our pupils with a fantastic opportunity to develop a range of skills whilst interviewing top sportsmen and women from a variety of different sports. Joining us today on the TWS Sports Podcast is an Irish rugby player. He's played 28 times for his country Ireland and over 180 times for his club team Connacht. Welcome to the podcast, Kieran Marmion. Yeah, uh, how are you, Anna? Yes, not too bad. Thank you. How are you? Very well, thanks. So, Kieran, what have you been up to this week? Uh, this week, I'm off playing at the moment, so it's the off season. So, my mom lives in Wales, so I'm back back in Wales uh, visiting her. Haven't been back here in about two years, so got the ferry over and uh, staying for a few weeks. And to be honest, everything's very quiet over here. There's not too much going on. So I'm um, just relaxing and catching up with a few friends. Looking back at your childhood, who were your sporting heroes? And did you always want to be a rugby player? For me, I always played every kind of sport. My parents like put me out there to play everything. So when I was younger, I started off doing cricket, um, swimming, judo. Um, football, rugby. So, like, I did as much as I could, and probably every every weekday there was a different kind of sport going on. Until I got to about fifteen or sixteen, maybe where it probably narrowed into a bit more of rugby focus. But probably sporting heroes was a tough one because there's so many different sports. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's different heroes in every different sports. I think so. Probably when you look at the likes of cricket and stuff, you probably watch Freddie Flintoff and that. And then there was football where it had lads like Michael Owen you'd look at. Um, so, yeah, all different sports, there's different heroes. So I can't really say there's one that truly stood out. Do you think it's important, Kieran, as, as a, a child especially, to play lots of different sports rather than just focus on one? Yeah, definitely. I think um, the more sports you can play, the better. I think you probably pick up skills in different sports that transfer into um, made the sport that you go into as you get older. But probably just the enjoyment of playing all different sports you get to meet different people there definitely is kind of different cultures within different sports um and you get to pick up that along the way but yeah for me i'd encourage younger people just to play as much as they can because again it just builds skills that transfer into everything your dad is irish your mum is english and you grew up in wales therefore you could have played for any of those countries was it a tough decision and why did you choose to play for Ireland? Um, so I started going over playing for Ireland when I was 16. I started playing with, in the Exiles system when I was 15, I think. So I was pretty young when I started. Um, I think my dad was pretty uh, pretty confident in me going over to Ireland. So I took that route and um, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I've been going over there since I was 16 years old. I'm 29 now and I'm not still over there. So, yeah, I really enjoyed being over there. I love it over there. It's probably home home for me now. So, yeah, I think my, probably my dad's side 
was more the pushing factor of me going over to Ireland, his Irish family. And then where I am in Ireland now in Galway, that's where all his family are from. So yeah, I kind of just ended up back where they, where they came from. According to Adam, he says that you used to play cricket with him for Wales. Did you enjoy playing cricket? And you still play it at all? Yeah, I uh, I love the cricket. So in the summer, it'd be cricket and in the winter, it'd be rugby. So yeah, I I still play when I can. Um, it's a lot harder now to be able to do that. But over in Ireland, there's not as much cricket as there would be here in Wales. But yeah, like whenever I get the opportunity, I'd go and pick up a bat with my brother and play in the garden or something. But um, like competitively, I wouldn't be able to play as much anymore. But yeah, I loved it growing up. The summer's... I remember just being all cricket and uh, all the tours away you'd have. And yeah, I remember looking forward to all those those uh, sunny sunny games. So yeah, I love cricket. I love watching it still. Uh, just not as involved playing it anymore. You came through the IRFU Excel system. Could you tell us a little bit about that and did you enjoy it? Yeah, so basically that's a system that's put in place for people who have Irish parents or grandparents who have ended up over in England and Wales or Great Britain, like myself. It's probably just an opportunity for people who have left the system to come back in. And I think over the last few years, it's uh, recognised a lot of talent and brought people back over to back over to Ireland. For me, I personally probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to get back over there without that system in place. So yeah, I can't really speak highly enough of it. Uh, I remember for me, I went to a trials in london when i was 15 it was like a two-day two-day camp played that got through the trial and we went on tour back over to ireland over to galway played two games there and from there kind of got spotted to play for the irish underage system and then once i was in that system i kind of uh well i got kept in there and that's how i've ended up where i am now you made your club debut for connaught in 2012 what was it like to sign for them and then make your debut yeah it all happened pretty fast for me i so i was in college in cardiff for a year and then i got a call for an opportunity to go over into the the academy in connect and i was kind of humming and hiring about it probably a few people were trying to tell me to finish off my college course before i moved over there but uh i ended up taking it up and I was over there for a year in the academy and playing for the Irish under-20s. And then out of nowhere, one this next summer, I think all three nines in my position got injured uh, in Connacht. So I was kind of catapulted into the into the starting position. And luckily, I took my chance. But uh, playing my debut probably came a bit quicker than I was expecting. I remember it was a wet day against Cardiff. And yeah, it kind of happened out of nowhere. And from there, just kept playing and yeah just lucky to get the opportunity and, and to take it you won the guinness pro 12 2015 to 60 what are your memories of that season of winning the championship yeah um i think it was the same year leicester won the football i remember at the start of the year well no one would have given us a hope at the start of the year we were we would have been way down the down the uh rankings but I remember as the season went on, we started winning more and more games. And then there's the confidence that kind of started building. And towards the end of the season, we were kind of nearly expecting to win every game we played. We played Glasgow in a semi-final, who are one of the 
top teams. People still didn't really expect us to win that, but we won that comfortably enough. And then we had Leinster in the final, who are probably the our big, big rivals, probably the best team in Europe over the last few years. So that was probably the big challenge, the final. Again, no one really expected us to win that. And again, it was just we went out there as a sunny day in Edinburgh and we just dominated that game. And then the celebrations afterwards lasted for about a week. Um, <laughs> I think, I think yeah, it's probably one of the biggest moments. Well, it probably is the biggest moment in current rugby history. So, yeah, I remember that. It was a great. It was a great day out there. All our families were over in Edinburgh. Um, I think half of Carnage was over in Edinburgh, and we came back, and we had a big uh, open top bus when we came back. And I just remember going around town, and it was like the whole town was out there supporting us. Um, it was incredible. We we're going for a town in this bus, and all the fans were around it. Um, so yeah, hopefully more more of those days to come. Do you think they can win it again next season? Yeah, we always go into every season thinking and trying to win each season as it comes again it's very it's very tough i mean it's, it is a tough competition i think all the irish teams top quality of the welsh teams the scottish and the italians who actually won the rainbow cup on the weekend and this year we have uh the south african teams joining us as well so they'll add an extra element to the league um but yeah again every season we go into we we think we can win it we'll try and win it and uh do as best as we can yeah, it's interesting seeing the South African teams join. What do you think the South African teams will, will bring that's maybe different to sort of Welsh and Scottish and Italian teams? Yeah, no one's really too sure when teams like that enter the league. Um, I guess South Africans, traditionally, they're bigger, more physical. Um, but then we saw Treviso play them on the weekend and Treviso did extremely well against them, which I don't think too many were, people were expecting that result. But again, it's been great. We had like the Cheetahs and the Kings uh, come into the league a few years ago and we get to have these trips over to South Africa, which is probably an opportunity that most people wouldn't get. So I know everyone's enjoyed those trips over there. And then for the South Africans, I think they come over and play like three games, tours or something and travel around. So like it's, it must be tough logistically for them to um, keep coming mm. over and back and over and back. But for us, yeah, we really enjoyed the trips over to South Africa. Probably the fact that there's more teams around the world in the league probably adds a bit of interest from the outside so yeah I can only see it being as a good thing and I don't know I guess we'll find out how good they are when, when they come in next year I definitely think an away trip to South Africa sounds a lot better than an away trip to Swansea <laughs> well, a few lads would argue against that <laughs> you've played for Connell throughout your career have you ever been tempted to move yeah I've loved it there I think as a player when you're in those situations like contracts only last maybe two or three years when you're a player you obviously look at what's best for you um, what's best for your family and stuff so I think every player when they're out of contract probably looks at what's going to be best for them there's been times in my career where I've, I've had a look but at the moment I'm happy in Galway um, my, like my family's there my brother's moved over he lives there um, now so you know I make good friends over there I like it there but like I said, as any sports person, you're bound to look at other options when, when you're out of contract. So, um, But for me, I'm happy where I am right now. So we've come to the part in the podcast now where we would like to help and promote another podcast. I've been contacted by Jan Miller from Alabama, and she has the podcast, Conversations with Jan. Hi, Jan. How are you? Hi, Adam. It is so nice to be able to be here with you today. Thank you so much for having me on your show. No problem at all. Thank you for coming on. So tell us a little bit about your podcast. 
Hey, Adam, I'd be happy to. The name of my podcast is called Conversations with Jan, and you can find it anywhere where you get your podcast. We're bringing very important topics back to the table to discuss with our families and friends, our loved ones, some uncomfortable maybe, some not, but we've lost the skill of communicating. And so my podcast is getting people to put their phone down long enough to have a one-on-one conversation and to get back some of that real communication that we seem to be missing in this time today. I completely agree with you. Has there been any standout conversations that you've had with anyone on your podcast? Season one, episode two is suicide prevention. That is a hard topic to talk about with a friend or a family member. But Adam, I lost my son in 2015 to suicide. And uh, I would have gave anything to sit and talk to him just one more day. Just have that conversation. Son, what is wrong? Are you thinking about killing yourself? If I'd have had that, maybe I would have had Daniel today. Those questions are uncomfortable, right? But necessary. People are hurting. And all you got to do is just ask them the blunt questions. Maybe it'll help someone else's child be around tomorrow. So that is season one, episode two. I'm so sorry to hear about your son, Jan. Thank you very much, Jan, for coming on to our podcast. Being in a rugby team, you must have seen lots of pranks at club and country level. What has been the best one you have seen? <laughs> oh, the best prank, I guess. We used to have this lad called Robin Copeland in our team. And um, we had these lockers on our change room that like, you, op- you open them up and they fold back down above your head. And I think it came to a stage where it was nearly every day lads were just putting a glass of water on top of Robin's locker and he'd go to close it every day and it'd just fall on his head and <laughs> it kind of got to a point where it was just happening like every day and it kind of wasn't even that funny anymore but <laughs> I guess it was funny because it was just him and he <laughs> just didn't get it like Did he not catch on in the end? He just didn't catch on probably, <laughs> If he was still here it'd probably be still going You made your Ireland debut against Argentina in 2014 what was it like getting the call and to play your first game? Yeah, it was always pretty special getting the first cap for Ireland. For me, I'd been in camps for about a year beforehand. I'd been on a tour the year before and I hadn't been capped. And it was something I obviously wanted to do, just like every professional rugby player. So I got over to Argentina, which was a pretty cool place to get my cap. Yeah, it's, it's a cool experience. Like Argentina is a cool place as well. Um, the crowd's pretty hostile there. But yeah, to get on the pitch and actually achieve playing for Ireland is probably like something that all professional players like dream of when they're growing up. So to actually get out there and achieve it and to tick that off, you just then want to build on that and get as, as many as you can. So yeah, it's definitely a, a proud day for me and my family. And um, yes, yeah, I look back on and from from memories. So last week we caught up with WBC super lightweight world champion Chantal Cameron. What do you think of the chat, boys? Uh, it was rather interesting to <laughs> say the least. Yeah, yeah, could have gone better. Yeah, she was she was interesting to speak to, wasn't she? Well, here's what she had to say when we caught up with her. In September 2020, you signed with Eddie Hearn's Matchroom Boxing. Why did you make that move? Because it's the biggest platform in boxing in the UK, in my opinion. So it made perfect sense to sign with a big, big promotion. Not long after signing with Eddie Hearn, you got your um, world title shot, didn't you? 
what are your memories of that fight and what was it like to be crowned the world champion? Amazing. Um, it's WBC as well, so the one that I've been wanting for for years. So it was just a dream come true. You defeated Melissa Hernandez in Las Vegas a few weeks ago to defend your title. How was your first experience fighting in America? It was amazing. It was a completely different world out there and every boxer's dream is to box in Vegas and now I've ticked that one off. So it was an incredible experience. What's next for you? I'm having a unification fight, so I'm going to be boxing another world champion. So I'm just waiting for the date to be announced and confirmed. Fab, and where are you hoping for that fight to happen? Hopefully the UK, which will be nice. There's some fans and that can come watch me. Keelan, we have a question from a listener who's got in touch with the podcast. If anyone has a question that they would like to ask a guest or a story they'd like to tell us, then please email twssportspodcast at hotmail.com. Our question today, Kieran, is if you could change one rule in rugby, what would you change and why? One rule in rugby. Probably the length of time that scrums go on for. I think most people would like to see that cleaned up. Probably slows the game down a bit, but I guess you're asking me that. If you're asked to prop that, they'd probably say something different, <laughs> something completely different. But uh, for me, yeah, you put me on the spot here. So I'm going to say uh, probably the time scrums take to speed the game up, I think. Would you like, like in rugby league, they don't have scrums, do they? Uh, no, yeah, no I, think, no, I think it's an important part of the game, but I think at times there's so many resets and just like you can collapse about five times and just about five minutes gone in the game. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's definitely an important part of the game. I mean, teams with a good scrum have such a dominance in the game and it, and it makes such a difference. But um, just for me, just speeding it up a bit would be probably the one thing if you're asking me. It's just scrum half. What's the rule on putting the ball in the scrum? Because I've never seen a scrum half put a ball in straight. <laughs> well, they say, I think they say it has to go in straight. But um, yeah, it never does. I don't know. I think that was the time where they started actually policing it a bit and uh, free kicking nines for not putting it in straight. But I say it's probably ref for a few games and then forgot, forgot about. So, um, <laughs> look, if the team has the ball, they have the advantage. So, I guess... Yeah. Good luck to the other team trying to push them off it. You have played in a number of Six Nation matches. Do you feel more nervous playing in these games? And what has been your favourite Six Nations match? I think like every game, yeah, the Six Nations have bigger build-ups. There's probably a bit more nerves going into games. But as soon, like everyone says, as soon as you're out there, they kind of go and you're, and you're in the moment. So... Yeah, I guess probably the bigger build-ups for those games. You're probably more excited as well because of the um, the buzz around them. But my favourite game for me personally was probably the game we played against England. Uh, I think England were coming over to Ireland and uh, they had to beat us to win the Grand Slam. And I think we ended up, well, we did end up beating them. So um, I think we ended up coming second in the league, but to stop them from getting the Grand Slam. And for me, that was a game I started in, so... That was probably my favourite game. I know you've played in the Six Nations. Have you ever won Six Nations? Yeah, I think it was 2018. We won the Grand Slam. We went over to England that that game and beat them over there. Um, and we got the Grand Slam that year. If you could take us inside a rugby dressing room, what would happen in there before kicking off? And what would pre and what would a pre-match road team be like? So if we're playing. At home, we usually 
get to the ground maybe like two hours beforehand you have a like opportunity to get strapped and then you need taped up and then you go in the gym we play a few games all be pretty like low-key kind of stuff have a few like unit meetings positional meetings and then when you go into the you go into the change room you won't be in the change room for that long at all maybe like 20 minutes just to get changed maybe like have a bit of a talk and then that's it really you'd be out on the pitch for for a warm-up a warm-up's quite short they'd probably be like 20 minutes long and then you're straight into the game so yeah you wouldn't actually be in the change room that long but like we're in the gym doing positional stuff talks or, what, or whatever like that so yeah it'll be pretty chilled out and straight out to the warm-up and then into the game do you have any superstition no uh no i don't have any superstitions um so yeah that's the answer to that no <laughs> it's quite strange because all the sportsmen and women we spoke to all have superstitions and you're the, you're the first one not to have one yeah, it's quite strange. Lots of lots of players we spoke to like put their left sock on first or wear certain pants and eat certain yeah. things. No, nothing. No, no, I never really thought that was a good idea. Like you might forget <laughs> your pants one day and then you think you're can't play or something. You played against New Zealand in Dublin in twenty eighteen and beat them sixteen nine. This was the first time Ireland had ever beat beat New Zealand at home. What was that like? Yeah, I think there was a Massive buzz around that game. Um, I think maybe two years ago we'd gone over. We played them in America and we beat them for the first time there. So a good bit of confidence was built there. But then they came over the following week to Dublin and beat us in the rematch. So I think there's a bit of talk around trying to beat them on home soil for the first time. And yeah, that game in 2018 we managed to achieve that. Yeah, I remember there's a big buzz around the country. For the game, obviously, whenever you're playing New Zealand, it's probably the biggest game you can play. So, yeah, there's a great atmosphere at the game. And, yeah, again, we came out on top in that game. It was a great achievement for Ireland. I mean, I think we beat them two times out of the last three we played them. So, um, yeah, things look, look good there. Would you say, out of all the, the games, like individual games you've played, is that is that probably the best one? It's probably the biggest one. I don't know, it's hard to say it's your best performance or not, but the fact that who you're playing and the probably the magnitude of the occasion, uh probably you probably had to put it up there as one of the one of the better ones, yeah. Did you enjoy facing the hacker? Yeah, it's a it's a cool experience. Um you watch it on the TV, uh you see how much it like brings the crowd into the game. It's such a it's a big part of the tradition of like rugby and New Zealand rugby. So um the stand opposite it is pretty surreal. And it, yeah, it's definitely cool. It adds an uh, extra edge to the game. So yeah, definitely something I've always wanted to do. And I've done, been able to do that about three times now. And every time it's uh, just the hairs on the back of your neck. So it's, yeah, it's a cool experience. Is it, does it intimidate you or does it not really bother you? Uh, I wouldn't really say, like, it's not intimidating, but it's it definitely brings the crowd into the game and adds to the atmosphere of it. Have you ever yeah. been tempted? Have you ever been tempted? Because sometimes you see teams do something. So I think a few years ago, Wales walked up to them. England did that V. Yeah. Have, you, have Ireland ever discussed doing anything in, in retaliation to it? No, I, no. Um, we When we played them over in America, we actually formed a figure of eight why it was going on, I think, because like one of the Munster, one Munster coach, Anthony Foley, had died I think, a few weeks beforehand. So out of respect to him, we did the figure of eight and... That was more of a thing out of respect than anything else. But um, apart from that, no. Do you think you can get back into the Ireland team 
like a big season coming up now. Come back rested, and yeah, that's the aim for me next season. Anyway, get back in there and uh, and try and play as much as I can. TWS Sports Podcast has teamed up with Surprise Shirts as our new partner, and they've very kindly given us a gift, which Tom's going to open now. Right. Whoa. <laughs> What's in there, Tom? Different footy shirts. So, what we got? So, our first one, we've got some football shirts. Can you explain what this top, what, what it looks like, Tom, for our listeners? Uh, it's, it is a, um, it's got green and yellow on it. So it's a green and yellow with the badge Panther Sportif. Mm. So I think they're probably maybe a South American club. So we've got this one. This is our first one. So if you're listening on the podcast, it is, yeah, as Tom said, green and yellow stripes. The badge is a Panther in football. We'll have to do a bit of research, Tom, to find out about this club. Mm. But what we're going to do on the podcast is the shirts that we've been sent by Surprise Shirts, we're going to hang up behind us. Um, so each week we can talk about the different shirts and, and we can work together. Right, Tom, what's next? Oh. Well, this is an interesting one. Okay. It's got, it's got some sponsors on it's it. Got a lot of sponsors on that. One, two, three, four, five sponsors on that. Yeah. When the sponsors are a Uruguay sponsor, so I'm guessing yeah, this is going to be a South American again, the badge doesn't give it away because the badge just says GAF. And the colours are blue and white. It's blue and white shops. Of course, I like this one. I think I prefer this one to the last one. Awesome. Okay, we'll think of one more. This one's a different type of blue, like it's not as dark as the other one. Different material as well, isn't it? Yeah. Can you describe this for our listeners, Tom? It's got different sponsors on, and they recognise the language. Yeah, so the team is Deportivo Alaves. Alaves are in, I know this one, they play in La Liga in Spain. So Supply Shirts are a company, and they will deliver you a football shirt on their website. So go on their website, which is supplyshirts.co.uk. Um, check them out, you can buy a mystery shirt and get one delivered. It can be from any team in the world, which is quite a nice surprise actually when you get the shirt delivered to you. So, surprise shirts, thank you very much. Thank you. Have you had any thoughts about what you want to do when you finish playing rugby? Yeah, good question. Um, I think a lot of us get asked this. Um, so, at the moment, so I did a year in college in Cardiff doing sports coaching and development and that's probably something I want to go back into doing coaching and rugby and that but at the moment last year during the lockdown I just went back to, to uni doing a uh, business course so I just finished the first year of that I've got another two years to go so hopefully I get that done by the time I finish and yeah I'm not too sure something to do with coaching maybe something to do with the degree I'm doing now um, I guess Hopefully I have a few more years left in me to make my mind up. Um, but yeah, I'm not too sure yet, but I think around the coaching and the, the degree I'm doing now, hopefully um, hopefully put me into something. If you could have dinner with three people, who would they be and why? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably, probably go down the boxing route. Um, well, I think I'd have Conor McGregor there. Um, that'd be pretty entertaining. Probably Tyson Fury. I like listening to him as well. And then if I'm to have one more, oh, maybe maybe like a footballer, a Ronaldo or something, that would be pretty. That'd be pretty cool to have. That'd be so. Conor McGregor, Tyson Fury, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Kieran Marmion sat on the table. 
yeah, that'd be a cool. pretty cool, pretty cool dinner. <laughs> you see, you mentioned boxing. Hopefully, end of the year we'll get that big fight: Tyson Fury v Anthony Joshua. You back in Fury to win? Well, it doesn't look like it's going to happen at the moment, does it? Not for a while, anyway. I, I actually don't know. I think, I think it could be Fury, but I, I like again, Joshua. I think could surprise a few people in that as well. Um, so if I'm going to put my money on it, I'm going to go uh, Fury. Yeah, it's so frustrating as boxing fans. You all you want is these big fights to happen, but it seems like so much politics and stuff in the way that stops the fights from happening. Yeah, yeah, it seems like they're both blaming each other for not signing the contracts. <laughs> I guess you never, you'll never know who actually isn't. Thank you so much, Kieran, for taking the time to chat with us today. We really enjoyed speaking with you, and it means so much to us as a school to be able to have the opportunity to speak with you. Thank you. Well, thanks, Henry. So, for our next podcast, boys, any idea who's coming up next? So next week, lads, we're going to go international. We'll be joined by an American professional baseball player, Ryan Wagner. He will be a really interesting guest. Can't wait to speak with him. Our TWS Sports Podcast will be released every Tuesday, so make sure you subscribe so you do not miss any episodes. The TWS Sports Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and many other podcast streaming apps. Thank you so much for joining us, Kieran, and thanks, lads, and see you next week. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for the questions. Hi, Matthew Hoggard here. Please subscribe to TWS Sports Podcast, where you can listen to my thoughts. That won't take too long. Uh, other great guests that will be on, and Tom and Thomas, because they are great hosts. Sports Social Podcast Network.